Welcome to Adventures in Consciousness with your host, Dr. Carl Simononic. Hello, this is Episode 5, Neuronal Synapses, Membrane Potentials, and Neurotransmitters. This is basic information that you need to understand how your brain works, but it isn't specific to nexus theory. So if you're a scientist already familiar with these structures and functions, you can safely skip to episode six. Neurons are the basic working units of the brain and nervous system, and we'll cover here how they work in sending neural signals to one another. The most important things to understand are that neural signals pass electrically along the cell membranes of neurons and that their signals cross gaps called synapses through the use of chemical messenger molecules called neurotransmitters at their junctions with other neurons. Most neurons typically have a highly branched end that sometimes resembles a bunch of reindeer horns called dendrites. Dendrites are generally where incoming neural signals are passed to neurons through synapses. Synaptic gaps are very narrow and the released neurotransmitters diffuse across them quickly. On the receiving side of the gap, neurotransmitters match up with and attach to specialized proteins called receptors and that attachment of neurotransmitters onto receptors causes either a local depolarization or else a hyperpolarization, meaning that the electrical potentials across the neural membrane are briefly made a bit higher or lower than what's called their resting potential. Resting potentials exist across the membranes of all living cells, not only neurons, where they are sustained by special membrane proteins called pumps, which pump ions of sodium out of cells and ions of potassium into the cells, in the process making the insides of cells a little bit electrically negative compared to the outside. That electrical difference is only about minus 70 millivolts, which is just 70 parts out of 1,000 divisions of one volt. It's not much, but it's enough. So when neurotransmitters diffuse across a synaptic gap and bind to receptors on the other side, that causes membrane proteins called gates to open up very briefly to allow either a pulse of sodium to enter or potassium to flow out, which slightly raises or lowers the electrical potential across the membrane close to the synapse. That altered electrical potential ripples outward across the neural membrane in a wave-like fashion where it can interact with waves of changing electrical potentials spreading across the membrane from other synapses. One neuron can have thousands of synapses on its dendrites and therefore many ways for those synapses to possibly interact with one another and produce patterns of electrical fluctuations across the neuron's membrane surface with synapses closest together able to have the strongest wave interactions with one another. Wave interactions will be described in more detail later, but they can be additive and called constructive interference or cancel each other out and be called destructive interference. So the entire surface of a neuron constantly has electrical waves sweeping over it, 
that interact to produce wave interference patterns, which raise the electrical potential of the membrane at some points and decrease it at others as they move along the membrane. At more or less the opposite end of a neuron from its dendrite inputs is the output side of a neuron called an axon, normally just one long thin fiber protruding from a bump on the neural membrane called the axon hillock. That axon hillock has the special property of being especially sensitive to its membrane voltage, such that when it becomes depolarized from its resting potential of minus 70 millivolts all the way up to minus 55 millivolts, called the threshold voltage, achieved by the sum of the electrical waves sweeping over it, causing ion gates in the membrane to open, which stimulate a large electrical change in the membrane called an action potential, which then sweeps down the length of the axon at high speed, sending a signal or series of signals to the end of the axon, where it synapses with another neuron. Then again, as described before, neurotransmitter molecules are released into the synaptic gap where they diffuse across the gap, bind to receptors on the other side, and cause changes in the resting potential on the receiving neuron to ripple outward from that synapse and interact with other electrical waves sweeping across the neural membrane. That is the general way that neurons interact with one another and how their incoming signals interact through electrical wave interference on their outer membranes and stimulate a neuron to send its own electrical signal in the form of an action potential onto other neurons. There are many other aspects of neurons too, like they come in many different shapes and sizes. Sometimes their axons can branch and synapse onto more than one neuron. The many different kinds of neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, acetylcholine, and so forth that different kinds of neurons use, and there are whole fields of study about the ways that neurotransmitters are scavenged off of receptors after use and how different kinds of drugs affect things for a few examples. But in the context of nexus theory, the overall picture to focus on is that neurons communicate through neurotransmitters at synapses, that waves of electrical depolarization and hyperpolarization are constantly sweeping over neural membranes, and that the stimulation of action potentials at the axon hillocks of neurons is how electrical signals are sent down axons to other neurons. Thank you for tuning in to Adventures in Consciousness. This is your host, Carl Simononic, signing out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't already, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Adventures in Consciousness.